Hello everyone. Before we get started, we have a couple of announcements. Uh, we have a super, super, super special announcement. We are releasing a new podcast for you guys. It's called Escape from Reality. And that is spelled E-S-G-A-Y-P-E, which verbally is indistinguishable pronunciation-wise. <laughs> However, just so you know for finding it, it's, it's gay <laughs> um and we are going to be doing a reread of carry on by rimble rowell and it's gonna be great and if you haven't read uh carry on what better time to start than literally right now (laughs) get it from your local library folks i'm sure it's in the ya section if your library is closed um you can get ebooks on your phone tablet or e-reader also Oh, We're right. going to be watching and live tweeting the movies sometime soon. Uh, we will definitely announce the first live tweet at the beginning of the next of next week's episode. Yeah, this is how much we really want to bring you joy during this time of global pandemic because we weren't actually going to ever watch the movies, but we are. And then you can read our hilarious tweets about it. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. That is going to be great. You will all get to play the uh, Ron making that weird face drinking game that I invented with us. (laughs) Are we going to are we going to be doing that? So so the live tweet just gets increasingly, increasingly stranger. I hope so. (laughs) Very much hope so. And I today on Trans Day Visibility, the day this comes out, we'll be hosting an Ask Me Anything in our Instagram stories. So be sure to stop by and talk to me about whatever you want to talk to me about. doesn't have to be trans specific, uh, but, you know, let's hang out. It's going to be great. I'm probably going to, like, dress up for it because why wouldn't I, right? <laughs> We're all quarantined. I'm home and bored. I'll get fancy. Anyway... So we've been doing the mutual aid fund drive for a few weeks now. Folks have been awesome donating money to be redistributed to folks who have had their incomes impacted by coronavirus. Up until now, those funds have been specifically allocated to trans people. And today we will be taking all of the currently available funds and very godparenting them into the Venmo accounts of trans folks who have linked their Venmos in various, like, you know, support roundups that have been taking place all over social media. However, we are still collecting donations and any raised tomorrow and onward are available to anyone who is any kind of queer and needs support. So same things as previously, all the info will be in our show notes and you can both donate and request funds from the same Venmo and PayPal accounts, $10 to anyone who needs it. And folks, I just want to say, don't be afraid to ask for help. I know it's like, you know, a weird time and I know myself personally have a hard time being like, do I need help right now? I don't know, but you know, so please seriously message us, just do it. Like if you, if you need some help, we want to help you. Yep, definitely. All right. So what you're about to listen to is a episode of The Queer Blur about Hagrid and Madame Maxime on a camping trip. Some 
trans lesbian fluff for trans day of visibility it's gonna be really beautiful and we just want to make sure that we offer credit where credit is due because some pieces of this fanfic were inspired by conversations that we had with may rude and hannah mcgregor in previous episodes of our podcast and uh we just want to say thank you to them for inspiring the beauty that you're about to listen to i don't know <laughs> and just and just being of course in general all about around amazing people but yes <laughs> specifically yes, <that> <laughs> yeah so with that <laughs> gay people love puns i'm dead we have to stop this podcast oh, this book causes satanism what is left for us to rant about there is nothing straight about plum velvet <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when i said that <laughs> monocles are impractical but hot i don't for a second believe that she is a straight person I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello, and welcome to the Queer Blur, a podcast where we create fan fiction for you on the spot. It's great and very fun. Today is Trans Day of Visibility. Happy Trans Day of Visibility, everyone. We, we, we see y'all out there, even though... It's of audio, so we can't actually see you, but you know what we mean. Yeah, it's the <laughs> it's the the metaphorical kind of seeing. Uh, we see those of you who are out, those of you who are not out, those of you who are presenting in all of the ways that one can present. You are all valid. You are all loved, and uh, you matter. My dogs are saying things. <laughs> They're agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're valid as fuck. <laughs> oh my God. I just, I just had, sorry, just pity supporting trans rights is just a very cute idea. It really is. <laughs> we should, I'll, I'll figure out a way to make a photo representation of that. <laughs> Dress my dogs in trans flag colors because there's three of them and then sit them side by side. Oh my, would they actually sit side by side though? If I had a good enough treat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <sighs> um, okay, so today in celebration of Trans Day of Visibility, we have for you a fan fiction about Hagrid and Madame Maxime going on a very, very gay camping trip together. Anything else we should say about it? I mean, I think that's all that needs to be said. Yeah, I think so too. Ooh, maybe this can be their first, like, you know, away weekend together. Their first actual vacation, yes. Yeah. <laughs> AKA lesbian second date. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right. So, uh, off we go. It was a week after Hogwarts had let out, and the castle was empty, except for the angry mutterings of Felch. And it was on this day that Hagrid received a letter tied to the leg of an especially elegant falcon, very lightly scented with a perfume that Hagrid would know anywhere. 
Hagrid hastily shoved the remains of her breakfast and two extremely large knitting needles out of the way so she could read what her darling had sent her. She was embarrassed by the way that her stomach fluttered with anticipation like she was still a schoolgirl. She savored every moment of unfurling the scroll sealed with wax that was stamped with the monogram OM. Hagrid carefully released the seal, and as she unfurled the scroll, the scent of perfume wafted over her. The butterflies in her stomach intensified when she read the message, which was an invitation. It wasn't just that the invitation meant that she would have the opportunity to spend time with Olamp, who Hagrid lovingly called Ola. It was that the invitation was to go camping, an activity that she knew Ola had never done before and was only initiating because she knew how much Hagrid loved to spend time outside. Hagrid grabbed a sheet of parchment and a quill and wrote a hasty response that was mainly several versions of yes and little hearts and a question of when. She rolled up the scroll and offered it to the falcon that was devouring the rest of her breakfast, who took the scroll and promptly flew out her open window. By that evening, as Hagrid gathered up supplies for camping, the falcon was back, and the letter just gave Hagrid a date and a time and a little drawing of a broken mirror, which Hagrid rightly assumed this was the port key to take her to the village near Bobaton. As the date was only two days away, Hagrid sat down immediately to make a packing list. She found herself all in a flutter because she knew that camping with a high femme would be nothing like any camping she had done before. And she wanted to make sure that Ola had a wonderful time and that they would have more camping in their future. Her mind conjured up a word that she had once heard Hermione use that felt accurate to the kind of camping that she now needed to be planning for. She was going to take Ola glamping. (laughs) Hagrid already had her camping supplies neatly packed away. She did get up the courage, though, to ask Dumbledore as he walked along the lake if he could make a few small improvements to her tent that she'd had for several years now. Dumbledore agreed, and Hagrid added the tent to the rest of her camping supplies. The cooking pots, her pink umbrella, of course, and two wooden chairs that she had built herself for sitting outside the tent on warm evenings. Struck with sudden inspiration, she ran up to the Owlry and sent off a letter to Ola asking if she might be able to procure a canoe large enough for the two of them. She knew that there were some beautiful lakes near where they would be going, and she had a vision of 
camping along the shore and taking her love out in a boat at sunset to watch as the sun went down and the moon came up so that they could see the stars getting brighter in the sky before retiring to her newly upgraded tent. With that, she went to bed. Because Hogsmeade was a fully magical village, if you needed to take a port key to anywhere from Hogsmeade, you could just go to the post office. And that is where Hagrid was the next morning. Her rucksack over one shoulder and Fang crowded against her calf because Fang hated crowds. The young witch working at the post office handed her a ornate, tarnished, broken mirror and told her that her porky would leave at 9 a.m. sharp. Hagrid waited around for a bit as the clock ticked closer to nine and she waved at some of the villagers that she recognized from the pub and with one hand around Fang's collar, the porky apparated and they disappeared with a pop. A stomach-turning moment later, they arrived in France, where her Ola, her lovely girlfriend, was waiting outside of a different post office. Hagrid's heart did a somersault when she saw Ola standing there, but before they could embrace, she needed to comfort Fang, who had never traveled by Portkey before and was trembling like the big baby that he is. Ola, watching the tenderness with which her girlfriend treated her dog, felt a wave of love come over her. Though it had been months since they had seen each other, this show of care and nurturing from Hagrid made it feel like almost no time had passed as it conjured up all of the reasons that Ola had fallen for Hagrid in the first place. After a few minutes of calming Fang, Hagrid took the first few steps to embrace her love. Her Ola was stunning in a midnight blue robe with matching shimmery blue heels, which were a little bit impractical for being in the woods, but Hagrid loved anyway. Hagrid put her arms around a lump and they kissed for how long Hagrid couldn't be sure because whenever they were together it felt like all of time stopped. The moment ended when Fang, jealous and impatient, insisted that it was his turn (laughs) to greet his good friend and In his opinion, second mom. (laughs) He jumped up and Hagrid felt her heart drop as his paws approached the immaculate satin robes. But Ola had developed a real sense of affection for Fang and she didn't seem to mind, which filled Hagrid with such warm feelings that she felt herself begin to blush. After Ola and Fang said their hellos, Hagrid picked up her rucksack, and together the three of them began to walk over to where Ola's 
baby blue carriage. And enormous winged horses stood waiting to deliver them to their campsite. Hagrid spent the entire trip that they were in the air, alternating between holding her Ola's hand and pulling Fang away from the carriage windows to prevent him from barking at all the birds that they passed. The carriage landed in a large clearing surrounded by oak trees, which bordered a small pond. The clearing was large enough that Hagrid could put the tent up away from the carriage and the horses on the edge of the pond. She was glad that one of the improvements Dumbledore had made in the tent was that all she needed to do was shake the canvas out until the tent popped up perfectly upright and without any magic required. As Ola stood by, scratching Fang behind his ears, Hagrid set about setting up an outdoor kitchen, putting her homemade chairs around the fire pit, and generally trying to create as much of an air of coziness as possible. She glanced at Ola from time to time, trying to read her expression, which was carefully controlled and utterly unreadable. When she finished setting everything up, she stood aside and asked, What do you think? Ola looked around, unsure. The tent would appear massive to any non-giant, but from her perspective, looked like it would be incredibly cozy for her, Hagrid, and Fang. With trepidation, she peeked her head through the tent flap and gasped when she saw an elegant four-poster bed with a dog bed laying beside. She came out, grinning, and waved her wand, conjuring strands of glowing lights and brocade cushions for Hagrid's chairs, looked around the clearing and said, I think it's perfect. Olap fetched her contribution to their holiday, a picnic basket that she packed herself from the pantry of Bobaton, of fruit and cured meat and cheese and wine. She brought with her an, an elegant handbag, which, upon re-entering the tent, took out an entire wardrobe and a highly polished wooden vanity with a mirror that thankfully didn't talk. <laughs> they ate cheese and jam on crusty loaves with incredibly thin slices of prosciutto for lunch. And afterwards, Hagrid asked her if she'd ever been in a canoe. Olamp had not. That was the answer Hagrid had both been expecting and hoping for. And that evening at sunset, after dinner of pheasants slow roasted over the coals with baby potatoes in a decadent cream sauce that Ola had summoned from God knows where, they paddled out into the pond to watch the sunset just as Hagrid had dreamed. They spent the next several days not doing much of anything, walking in the woods hand in hand, 
or rowing out to the middle of the pond, or simply sitting side by side by the fire. But Hagrid felt busy all the same, between gathering food for their dinner and cataloging the many expressions of her Ola, watching her sit at her vanity in the morning and apply her lipstick and foundation and eyeshadow in order to come sit by the morning fire and drink tea with Hagrid. It was definitely the best camping trip that she'd ever had. After Hagrid returned to Hogwarts, the love letters that they sent each other were so much richer than they had been before they went on their trip. Ola would write her long, flowery paragraphs about watching Hagrid skillfully build the fires over which they cooked their meals, making illusions about the ways that she used her hands that frankly made Hagrid blush not only when reading them, but every time she recalled them. <laughs> it would be at least a month before they would be able to see each other again, but it was a month rich in wonderful anticipation and beautiful memories. And best of all, Hagrid had converted her girlfriend into someone that likes camping. The end. <laughs> Oh, thank you all for joining us on this beautiful journey. We will be back next week with a regular episode of The Gaily Prophet. Until then, have a wonderful Trans Day of Visibility. Make sure you're following us on social media at The Gaily Prophet on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you enjoy listening to us make incredibly queer Harry Potter fan fiction, consider becoming a patron on Patreon. We produce Queer Blur episodes once a month for our patrons, and you too could be enjoying quality queer content such as this. So, uh, you know, if you're into this, go to patreon.com slash thegailyprofit and become a patron at our $5 level. Yes, we would love to have you. All of our fanfiction is very gay. It is all very gay. <laughs> In case you were wondering. Except for the ones that are about first year. Oh, yeah. Because they're too young. We do have some about, like, Neville having a better life. Which <laughs> is also very good, and obviously you want to listen to that. I okay, mean, anyway. It'll, it'll be gay eventually. <laughs> it will be gay eventually. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We love you all. Goodbye. And enormous pegasuses. Pegasi. Shucks. Uh, Enormous flying horses. Yes, thank you.